All right, well, welcome to this episode of the Tech Stack Edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody. Uh, we're going to start with some interesting things coming out of Austin with regards to the Micah Hudson recruiting situation. It seems like some people, some recruiting experts in Austin are starting to think Texas Tech has the lead on this one. I think most fans have thought that all along. But now it's starting to be realized by people in Austin. Also, the Big 12 tournament kicked off this morning. TCU absolutely killed Kansas State. Four Big 12 teams are on the bubble, including Texas Tech. They're kind of number three of the four Big 12 teams. Uh, I'll talk to talk about the latest D1 projections and what they need this weekend in order to make it to the NCAA tournament. All right, so first, we talked. I talked last weekend about, or the last week, about... This guy, Jeff Ketchup, man. I mean, Ketchup, or Ketchum. Um, he had some comments about the Texas Tech quarterback situation. Wasn't quite the friendliest or most encouraging, I'd say, about that. And kind of dismissive of Texas Tech in the recruiting battle, which he had been since December. He did say about six months ago, there was no chance that Micah Hudson will go to Texas Tech. He's now, uh, he did a podcast uh, saying how Texas Tech fans kept getting in their feelings for correcting him, sometimes with statistics on how our QB player play had been better than their QB play. And he also mispronounced Tyler Shuck's name about six times. I, I do not know how you cover a Big 12 school and can't pronounce a quarterback's name that started for them on opening day in 2021 started against you in 2021 started again on opening day in 2022 and then won four straight games at the end of the season as a starter in 2022 I, I don't know how you're you're uh, insider and can't pronounce those names or learn those names but um, Ketchupman apparently couldn't he since then has posted on Orange Bloods the rivals Texas site saying that it is not looking good for Texas in this battle. He's saying that now he's not saying they can't overcome the lead that Texas Tech has, but Texas Tech is the clear and obvious frontrunners for five-star Micah Hudson. That's from the UT recruiting analyst who less than six months ago said there was no chance Micah Hudson would go to Texas Tech. So, Um, He may have been wrong there. He's been wrong about Tech in the past. He also couldn't believe we didn't offer Jarrett Dagey. He also, in 2019, after Cliff's sixth season, when we didn't go to a bowl game once again, said that we couldn't do better than Cliff. He also thought Tom Herman, at the start of the last coaching search, was the best candidate for the Texas Tech job. So, him being wrong is no surprise. Um, And I think that Micah Hudson, hopefully, will be committing to Tech sometime in the next few months. But it's looking really good that Texas Tech's going to get their first ever five-star football recruit. All right, well, now, before we get into the bubble conversation, which we are very much still on the bubble, and I'll explain why in a few minutes, Texas Tech this weekend against Kansas, this is a mu- This was a must-win series. A sweep probably would have clinched you a NCAA tournament berth, in my opinion. They didn't get that. Mason Molina on Friday... Pitched one of the best games he's pitched in a Tech uniform. Seven innings, only walked one batter, which or didn't walk a single batter, gave up one run. And this is a guy who struggles with walks, struggles to get out of innings with low pitch counts. He's a good pitcher. 
but he struggles. He takes too long to get outs. He finally corrects that, gives you seven innings. You're handing the ball over to your stud closer, Brandon Beckel, who I must have jinxed because he gave up a two-run shot to Cole Elvis, who, by the way, hurt us all weekend. Uh, well, really, just Friday and Saturday, nobody really hurt us. Or Thursday, Friday, nobody hurt us on Saturday. But the bats only getting one run. And I tweeted this out after the game. Our last three conference series batting averages. At Kansas State, you hit 210. At West Virginia, you hit 202. And then Kansas last night at home, you batted 219 on Thursday. That's just not going to get it done, especially with the lineup this team has. And now, it turned in a big way for Texas Tech after that. And it was a battle on Friday, a battle in a must-win game. Gavin Cash ends up being the hero for you in extras by hitting a 486-foot home run dead center over the scoreboard to walk it off. I mean, as soon as that ball hit the bat, the game was over. As soon as you heard the bat, the game was over. There was no doubt about it. And we played pretty well that game. Our only issue is we gave up four home runs to Kansas, which, again, isn't going to get it done. The pitching staff let us down a bit on that day. Trenton Parrish had to leave injured, pitched two, three and two-thirds, gave up four earned runs. His shoulder was bothering him. He's obviously probably not going to be available in Arlington this week. If we get to regional, hopefully he'll be back, but it is doubtful. This could be a season anything. Coombs pitched well again, one earned run and one and a third. Not great, but not terrible. Ryan Free gave up two earned runs in four innings. Then Kyle Robinson got the win, closing it out with a with a clean inning, gave up one hit, struck out two. But the four home runs really hurt us. Cole Elvis hit another four-run bomb, or two-run bomb, uh, that tied the game. But you get out of it, and then Saturday, it had to feel good for the team. You just, I mean, this was just a massacre on Saturday. You score six in the first, one in the second, three in the fourth, three in the fifth, two in the sixth. Not much to analyze there. The only surprise I will say, because I talked about Zane Petty, he is much better his first time through the lineup, and he is still a freshman. He's still developing stuff. There's nothing wrong with a freshman only getting through a lineup one time. But he went five innings. Faced 20 batters, so he made it to the three hole. He got through the second batter, third time through. So he got through the lineup two times. Then Brandon Gerton came in, got four outs, gave up an earned run. Then Derek Bridges, the lefty special, it closed it out. He actually threw nine pitches. I mean, this guy's picked up a win with one pitch before. So him getting nine pitches, that's a, that's some length for him right there. But got two outs, game over. You're probably looking good for the tournament. And I think some things went your way with how this bracket's laid out for you. So, for the bubble conversation, um, setting the stage for the Big 12 tournament. I do not like the Big 12 tournament. I enjoy watching it. I don't think it's particularly useful. I think it's better than the SEC because at least we don't put it outdoors where it rains every freaking year. I mean, A&M and Tennessee were playing in mud yesterday. It was a 3-0 game and they had to delay it in the ninth inning which was pretty crazy but this big 12 tournament lays out very good for you 
You play West Virginia, and your pitching matchup is likely, again, Molina versus Hampton, and you won that matchup earlier this season. You're the two other teams you could face either in the winner's or loser's bracket is OU or Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, OU, and West Virginia are the three of the fourest high, highest-ranked RPI teams in the Big 12. You avoid Kansas, which is really the only RPI killer, and you avoid Kansas State, who's ranked below you in RPI. So there's not going to be an RPI killing loss on this resume, even if you go 0-2. And currently in the RPI, you are sitting, let's see if I can pull this up real quick, you're sitting in 42nd place, you've moved up a little bit. TCU's in 37, OU's at 38. I guess TCU moved above OU after their win this morning over Kansas State. Um, But Kansas State's down at 53. And I think that TCU winning helps you out a bit. Because TCU is highly ranked in RPI. They're probably safely in the field even if they were to go 0-2 this weekend. Kansas State sitting at 53 in RPI, and it is very possible. Right now, Texas and Kansas are in the fourth inning. Kansas is up 2-1. If Texas wins that, Kansas State has to play Kansas tomorrow, and Kansas is the only RPI killer in this field. You dropped about eight spots by losing to Kansas, and now this would be at a neutral site, so Kansas State wouldn't drop that much, but... If they drop to 58, 57, some teams behind them win. Maybe they drop to 60. D1 Baseball said of the four Big 12 bubble teams, TCU would be first, Kansas State second, Texas Tech third, OU fourth. There's a really good chance that you could jump Kansas State in that mix if you can get a win against West Virginia, OU, or Oklahoma State. And by the way, you got to win versus West Virginia on the road. You won the series against OU on the road. And then you beat Oklahoma State two out of three at home. And that was with Mason Molina pitching on Saturday and didn't have his best performance. You beat their ace with your third pitcher. And you run-ruled them on Sunday. So I think this bracket sets up really well. Uh, Tim Tadlock tends to have Matt Holliday's number. And after Matt Holliday's antics with getting uh, Beckel suspended for the entire Texas series, the New Mexico game, where we went on a four-game losing streak for the four-game automatic suspension after Matt Holliday threw a hissy fit about, oh, these guys were being too mean to us, even though they were chirping back all weekend, then they're down double digits and they just can't handle it, apparently. That could be a real revenge spot for him to clinch his spot in the NCAA tournament. I think if you win one game, you should be in. You should be feeling pretty comfortable. If you win two games, I think you're absolutely a lock. I don't think you need to win three. I think uh, Derek Duke's the lead baseball guy for us. He does a great job. I think he believes that we need to win either two or three. I really think you only need one. You got a lot of help being on this side of the bracket. Now, the contrary point to that is, well, We're not in the last four in. We're not even really on the bubble. And we're not listed in D1 Baseball's last four in. We're not really listed in anybody's last four in right now. Um, But I was listening to the D1 Baseball podcast. 
they were going through that last spot on the last four in. Who's the first, uh, like, say, Team 61, even though that wouldn't be their actual seed. Who's that team? And Texas Tech was mentioned. Oregon was mentioned. They went with somebody else. So you are one of the last five or six in the field right now. That is for certain. You are still one of the last five or six in. And there's all almost always at least two bid stealers. There's more bid stealers in baseball than there is in basketball. <coughs> sometimes because the better teams are saving their pitchers. Sometimes other reasons. And last year, there were five bid stealers across the country. One time there was seven. Now, it doesn't seem like there's that many opportunities for that this year. There seems like it's five or six conferences total so you're probably looking at three bid stealers and it's really tough in these one bid leagues because it's a one game playoff and if the favorite team doesn't win in baseball and that happens a lot then you're out and one team's going to be emptying their bullpen one team has an eye towards the regional so you are still very much on the bubble it's still a bit dicey for texas tech at the moment i do think That one win should get you in. It's going to be against a team with a better RPI than yours, so you're going to get a bump. You're not going to lose much RPI-wise. You may drop one, two spots if you lose a neutral site game against a team with a better RPI. So I think Texas Tech's still in a very good position. The bracket sets up well. Now, the problem is we have not been good in the Big 12 tournament. We have not been good under Tadlock. We haven't made a final under Tadlock. We've won three, maybe four conference titles. I believe it's three uh, under Tadlock. We've gone to Omaha four times, and we've never made it to the championship game of a Big 12 tournament. The Big 12 tournament's interesting because it's very rare that you lose one of your first two games and advance or to the championship round. In fact, since they switched to double elimination almost a decade ago, no team has not started 2-0 and gone on to win the tournament. If you lose your first game, you have to win five straight, and most colleges just do not have the pitching staff to win five straight. And I think it is unbelievably stupid that the semifinals are not just single elimination, that you're going to play a doubleheader. I get it. The team that started 2-0 should be rewarded. And in a regional, I'm completely, perfectly fine with that game seven of the regional that you have to beat them twice to get force that game seven or beat them once to force the game seven single elimination. That makes sense. Your season's on the line. In these conference tournaments, most of these teams have an eye towards the, the regional anyways. They don't want to use their pitching staff. That normally happens with Texas Tech. I don't think this team is built. Like a team that can win the Big 12 tournament this year, you normally need really good pitching for that. And I don't think we're we're deep there. I don't know if we're that good there. But especially with Trenton Parrish probably being out, you're probably looking at Molina today, Petty tomorrow, maybe not even Petty tomorrow, maybe Rogers free. Do you try taper fast? And, and when does Petty come in? Would it be... <coughs> On Friday, since he just pitched Saturday, you only want to shorten his rest by one day. So it's kind of jumbled up. I expect us to throw the best arms we have ready early because the committee typically turns it off by Friday afternoon. Uh, They'll still consider the RPI, so it's important for that. But how you look out there doesn't really matter. They don't take much account into it. I mean, Kansas State was on the bubble two years ago. 
made a run to, I think, Game 7 of the their side of the bracket, forced a sudden-death semifinal after beating Tech and TCU, both. And they didn't get in. West Virginia did a similar thing last year and were on the bubble and didn't get in. So it's going to be really iffy. I'm, I think if you're a Tech fan, the best-case scenario is Texas actually beats Kansas. Kansas beats Kansas State. Oklahoma loses to Oklahoma State. You beat West Virginia, and Oklahoma goes out before you can even face them. You want o- OU and Kansas State to go 0-2. Te- uh, Kansas State, or TCU, I'm sorry, they're probably already in the field. I don't think they matter too much, especially after the win today. I can't see them dropping out after starting 1-2, and unless maybe they lose to Kansas, but even then I doubt that they drop out. But there you have it. I mean, there's not much to preview with the West Virginia game considering we just saw them two weeks ago. You kind of know what it's going to be like. It's the pitching matchup that you've already won. Hopefully they're not pitching Blaine Traxel. Hopefully he's not throwing 62-mile-per-hour fastballs out there that are just so slow you can't hit them. But we'll see what happens this weekend. It's it's going to be a long week. Selection Sunday or Selection show is on Monday. And that's going to be really interesting. It'll be interesting because the host sites are typically announced on Sunday. It's going to be interesting to see how many Big 12 teams host a regional. Oklahoma State, Texas, and West Virginia are all in the mix to host. It looks like West Virginia now is actually going to drop to be the odd man out. You you didn't hear many Iowa State fans cheering uh, them last week, but... It seems if you can get two regional hosts, I think you feel good if you're the Big 12 about your bubble teams getting in. I think that's showing respect for the conference. There, Those teams aren't that ahead of the bubble teams. That The bubble teams should be able to get at least a three seed. Maybe one or two of them get a two seed. So that's going to be the first thing to watch and see how... How Texas Tech fair, how Texas Tech's chances are looking. If you don't have any regional hosts, you may be in trouble. But the last thing I want to talk about is these conference tournaments as a whole. And why I don't like the idea. And I think the Big 12 does it more normally if they would just make the semi single elimination. That would make much more sense. Yes, reward the 2-0 teams. They get a day off. They get to throw their third best pitcher instead of their fourth best pitcher in the semifinals. That's the reward. Okay. Other than that, though, the Big 12 does it smart. You have four games a day, four games a day, two games a day, two to four, depending on how the semifinals go. I'd love it if Saturday was just two games, then a single elimination final. The SEC, though, has got to be the dumbest people out there. They year after year, they play this thing in Hoover, Alabama, knowing that there's going to be a game starting at midnight. And they're just fine with it. They know that it's going to get rain there. They know they're going to have to push it around. It's not like, hey, they're in Florida. They're in Texas. They have Tropicana Field under a dome. They have the Miami Marlins Stadium with a roof. They have Minute Maid Park with a roof. They have other minor league parks that don't rain as much in their area. And every year... Every single year, they just decide, nope, we're going to put up with the rain. We're going to do it. Who cares? Who cares if it rains? Who cares if these teams that are playing in a regional next week, 10 of the 12 teams that made the SEC tournament are playing in a regional. All eight of the teams that made a are going to be playing in a regional. 
all eight of the teams that made the double elimination for them are going to be playing in a regional. And they're just like, ah, that's fine. Uh, we'll, we'll make them waste pitching staff. We'll, we'll make them be playing games at midnight. We'll have games get rained out so a pitcher may only throw two innings as a starter then have to get bumped. And, yeah, who cares? It, <clears throat> I get it's an amazing atmosphere in Hoover. Also, why why are you hurting your teams by holding it there? Why? In addition to that, the Big Ten Tournament. Their schedule has got to be the stupidest schedule I've ever seen. They have the same format of the Big 12, except they use a single elimination semifinal. Still, these guys, they're like, ah, okay, how should we do this? Four games in a day? Nah. Two games a day for the opening round? No. Let's do three, and then we'll have uh, the final opening round game on the second day, and then we'll have a loser's bracket game on uh, the next day. Oh, and then let's play another three games, then two games. Then maybe we'll play four games on Saturday should we get there. Actually, they don't have the single elimination semifinal. I made that up. Maybe we'll play four games on Saturday if we need to. And then let's just do one on Sunday. It makes no sense. Play all four games or go two and two. The ACC, the Pac-12, they do their their little stupid round robin thing. That Notre Dame, by the way, huge boost to Texas Tech. Uh, they're also on the bubble. They lost to Pitt. And the way the ACC does theirs, it's three or four three-team pools. So you play everybody twice. The, the best finisher goes through, but... If every team ties at one and one, then the highest seeded team is the team that goes. Notre Dame was the two seed. They lost to the three seed, so they're out. They're they're they cannot make the semifinals. So that is a big boost to Texas Tech. Notre Dame took a hit RPI wise. Um, that's the news around the the nation this morning. Um, South Carolina got robbed by LSU on some unbelievably bad umpiring. But uh, that's going to do it for this one. It's going to be a very eventful week. Hopefully, Texas Tech can get their second ever win against West Virginia in the Big 12 tournament. They're 1-6 so far. Micah Hudson, it's starting. It's looking really good that Texas Tech's going to get a five-star football recruit. Um, that's going to do it for this one. I'm Jackson Moody. Wreck him.